Hey y'all, get under the covers and get comfortable because we're about to get intimate. No, not that kind of intimate, but close. Did you know that three of the most intimate conversations we can have are sex, mental health, and finances? Probably didn't expect that last one, did you? Financial challenges are actually one of the leading causes of divorce and stress today. A big reason? We don't talk about it. At least not thoroughly, anyhow. That's where I come in. Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Marie, a certified wealth coach, best-selling author, and the creator of Bedroom Talks. Get Financially Intimate a podcast focused on bringing awareness to the importance of financial intimacy and enticing openness to get real in a judgment-free zone. Together, we're going to cover a multitude of financial topics so you can leap toward financial freedom with confidence. Are you ready? Grab your wine or whatever drink you prefer and let's unrobe this topic. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bedroom Talks, where we get financially intimate. Last episode, we talked a bit about goal setting and discussed multiple techniques for setting goals, as well as going over a few examples of good financial goals. Prayerfully, there was at least one method that worked best for you and you've been able to sit down and think about what your financial goals are going to be for 2023. One of the things that I was thinking about as I was going into discussion on that episode is how we're going to implement those goals. How are we going to make sure that those goals are possible? And I have to say that one of the primary purposes of doing this podcast is to bring ease to having conversations about finances. I want to open up the door to the most intimate place in my life, which is finances, and help you to be able to do the same thing. In order for me to do that effectively, I've got to get real. I've got to get open. I've got to get honest. I have to speak the hard truths. Sometimes they're going to feel like a bit of a blow. Sometimes you're going to feel that gentleness. I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, even if I share something and it seems like it's hitting, hitting you hard, It's coming solely from a place of love, a place of understanding, a place of experience, personal experience. I have been in the places that you are in. I have walked through the deepest waters 
drug my feet through the mud, and I pulled myself out of a huge pit. Matter of fact, God helped me get out of a huge financial pit. Okay, and I want the same for you. If you feel like you're in that pit, I want to help you out. And in order for me to do that, I have to be completely and utterly honest with you. And today's honest truth is that in order for you to be successful with your financial goals, in order for you to be successful with your finances in general, you have to know and be implementing a system to manage your money. You have to have a system to manage your money in order to be successful with your money. Matter of fact, there is a scripture in relation to this, and it's Proverbs 21 and 5, and it says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. The plans of the diligent. We have to plan. We've talked about this a couple episodes ago. And the goal setting is part of that. Money management is part of that. You need a system to help you plan, even with your finances. Additionally, Edmund Burke says, if we command our wealth, we shall be rich and free. If our wealth commands us, we are poor indeed. If we don't have a money management system, we have no idea what's really going on with our money. And I have been in that place. I have paid bills late. I have had things go into collections. I have had overdrafts on my account multiple times because I wasn't managing my money. And I know there are some individuals that in your mind, you truly believe that you understand everything's going on with your money. I've had this conversation with my 18-year-old son a few months ago. He didn't want to create a budget, aka money management system, because he thought he only had a few things going on and he knew in his head what he spent his money on. But when I finally got him to sit down with me and create this money management system, a light bulb went off and he was like, oh, I spend a little bit more than I realized. Or I have a little bit of extra money than I realized. That's what a money management system does for you. It is not, I know that we hate the word, okay, hate is a strong word, <laughs> but I've learned over the last couple of years of, of doing uh, financial coaching, wealth coaching, the word budget is very scary and frustrating for a lot of people, and I get it. It feels so restrictive, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be restrictive. One of the primary reasons why it feels restrictive is either living above your means or 
not using the right system for you. There are multiple ways to budget. First and foremost, the format that you use can vary from person to person. You have to understand, we've talked about understanding your learning styles. If you know the type of learning style you are, if you're more organized and things like that, you might, you might need something a little bit more in depth than someone else. When I first started doing my budgeting, I literally did it with a notebook and I carried that little mini notebook around with me everywhere. I wrote everything down and I used it like the old school checkbooks. Then I graduated to an Excel sheet. I found a free Excel, Excel sheet online on Microsoft Office and it was perfect for me. After a number of months of using that, I realized that that wasn't really helping me anymore because I couldn't see exactly what was going on when I was out and about. When I was at a store and I was like, oh, I really want this, but I don't know, I don't remember exactly how much is left in my personal spending line item. And I wasn't using cash envelopes at the time either. So I came to find out about the Every Dollar app, which I highly recommend. And you don't need the premium version, you only need the free version. There are other apps out there that are very similar. Personally, I like the flow of the Every Dollar app. And that's why I prefer to use it. But understand that about yourself first. Which system, which method would work for you? Do you like the pen and paper? Do you like Excel spreadsheets? Do you prefer an app for the flexibility and you know, ability to be able to see it anywhere? I can tell you if you are married and you, everybody is, you know, all of the income and everything is, is coming in one, you've got shared incomes, one bank account that everything's coming in and out of, then you can have the same login information and be logged in on two different phones under the same login information. So if a wife makes a purchase and updates the Every Dollar app, the husband can see it as well when he logs in and vice versa. It, that, that is one of the reasons that I love that app along with, I feel I like to call it Excel on steroids. <laughs> it is, it, all of the, the formulas and everything are embedded into the app and you can't mess it up. You're not touching any of that. You're only plugging in your planned and your spent and you can see what's remaining. It does it all for you. So that is the first thing to know. Outside of that, there are a few other ways to structure your financial planning, okay? What I mean is percentage-wise, how much of your income is going to certain areas. I have five different methods that I found out of the variety. There are definitely more, but I found five of the most used methods and ones that I probably recommend more than any others, okay? The first one is one that I go by and it's the law of zero, which the Every Dollar app actually abides by this specifically. And essentially you're giving 
every dollar of your income a job to do or a home. Every single dollar of your income is going somewhere. If you've listed out your expenses, your mortgage, your utilities, your cell phone, your internet, your gas, your insurance, your debts, your saving, your giving, eating out, entertainment, kids' activities, all of those things, and you've got a little money left over, you don't want to leave that with nothing to do. If you're on a debt payoff process, you can add the extra money towards debt payoff, and I would highly recommend that. Just put an extra line item, you know, debt snowball, name it that, put that amount there, and then whatever your lowest debt is, that extra money goes toward the principal on that debt. If you're not fully focused on debt payoff and you're focused on building savings, that money can go toward your savings. If neither one of those is really a focus or not your major focus and you just want a little just because cushion, you can create a line item called the maintenance fund or miscellaneous fund. Okay, these are sinking funds that you take that amount of money and put it in a separate savings account that is used for not necessarily emergencies, but say you go to get an oil change and you realize that you need a new air filter and you didn't plan for it. You can use that maintenance fund to help cover that, okay? That's an example of how I would do the law of zero budgeting. The next one is the 50-30-20 spending plan. 50% of your expenses go toward, or 50% goes towards your expenses, 30% for flexible spending, which is dining out, clothes, entertainment, travel, etc., and 20% goes towards savings and debt repayment, okay? 50, 30, 20. That's 50% 50, 50 for expenses, 30% flexible spending, and 20% for savings and debt repayment. The next plan is the 80-20 plan. 80-20 spending plan. 80% is what you live off of. This is your housing, your transportation, food, utilities, debt payoff, your wants, things like that. 20% is split between saving and giving, okay? Then there is reverse budgeting. Reverse budgeting is a pay yourself first method. It makes savings goals a priority over necessities. And it might be harder to do if your income fluctuates or if you live paycheck to paycheck. And quite honestly, if you have high debt and or are feeling like you're living paycheck to paycheck, I would not recommend reverse budgeting. I would only recommend reverse budgeting and the next one that I'm about to talk about for people who have paid off the majority of their debt, have a nice cushion savings, and they're ready to start truly building their wealth, okay? And 
That last one is the 50-40-10 wealth plan. This is an aggressive plan for people who are ready to truly build wealth. They've paid off most of their debt, have, a, like I said, a nice cushion in savings, and they're ready for investing and or they want to increase their savings even further. 50% goes towards your main expenses. 40% goes toward saving and giving. And 10%, excuse me, 50% towards expenses, 40% goes towards saving and investing, and 10% goes toward wants. The interesting thing about this is when we think about wealthy people and what wealthy people live like, we think about their big houses and we think about their multiple cars and things like that. And we might see that they have great, you know, brands, top name brands for the clothes that they wear. They worked for that, number one. They worked hard for that. Number two, that's likely only about 10 to 15% of their income that they're spending on those things. Wealthy people don't waste their money. Wealthy people are mindful on how much of their income they spend on the things that they want versus investing into things that are going to keep money flowing. That is how you live a wealthy lifestyle. Wealthy people learned how to tell themselves, not right now because I want this. Right now I'm going to say no thank you to myself and to my desires so that I can have this. And later on, I can go back and tell myself yes to that. So if you're ready to dominate your cash flow and live a wealthy lifestyle while you're doing it, choose one of these plans. Implement it immediately and do your best to stick to it. The last tip I will give you for today is that when Whatever system you choose, whatever method you choose for updating your budget and whatever plan you use to organize percentage-wise your budget, your money management plan, I would highly recommend that almost immediately when you purchase something, when you pay a bill or whatever it is that you go and you update that in your spending tracking. In the Every Dollar app, there is an option to do that. In the Excel spreadsheet, there's an option to do that. If you're doing pen and paper, there should be an option to do that. If you're using a system where you can't do it immediately because you don't have access, say you're using an Excel spreadsheet, plan to sit down at least once a week to go over everything that you spent for that week and to reconcile where you're at financially. Whenever you pay your bills, sit down and reconcile that. 
immediately and make that part of the process. Doing this little by little throughout the month will help you not feel so overwhelmed and burdened by dealing with your finances and looking at where you're at financially at the end of the month. When you sit down at the end of the month to start planning for the next month, you'll see, okay, I didn't do so bad this month. Okay, and you won't feel like it's going to take forever because you've done it little by little throughout the month. So let's go dominate our finances. Let's go dominate our cash flow today. I'm excited. I am so unbelievably excited. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that one of these plans is beneficial for you. And I can't wait to hear all about it. So don't forget to leave a comment, hit like, follow, whatever it is that you feel led to do. Share if you really enjoy this episode and there's somebody that you feel like could really benefit from this information. And don't forget to come back for another episode. Thank you guys. Talk to you soon.